Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. It's good to see everybody this morning. Is it good to be seen? Some of you are undecided. <laughs> well, my name is uh, Raul Figueroa. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Harvest Church. I have the opportunity to share with you and, and the assignment to share with you um, in, the, in the theme that we have been going along, and that's that a life transformed. Amen? Amen. And, and the purpose of our talk about this journey is that we would understand that an encounter with Jesus is God's heart, but that his intention is that he would get a hold of you, you would get a hold of him, and apply the things that he has revealed and showing so that you will never be the same again. Amen? Come on. And so we want to we talk through a few of these things um, today along with some testimonies of, of what God is doing in some people's lives. A life transformed. You know, we've been on a journey now for about seven weeks with a couple breaks in between, but it's been about seven weeks. And we've started... Uh, in week one with the gospel message, Pastor Doug gave the gospel message, the presentation of the good news of Jesus Christ and broke it down really well. And we spent several weeks on what that meant. And then even up through, we talked about an encounters with Jesus through the scriptures and gave some illustrations about people who encounter Jesus and the, and the, the impression and the response that that scripture shows happened with an encounter with Jesus. And then last week, we got to celebrate um, observing baptisms, people making a public declaration that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Amen? Come on. We want to do that. But how many of you know that it's not simply about just a prayer or a declaration that God is on the move to radically transform people's lives, right? Come on. Come on. And this is... This is what we want to hone in on. We're going to sit, spend several weeks on the way of the kingdom coming up next week and the week after. How many of you know that when you encounter Christ, you make a decision to follow him, you are being brought in to the family of God, amen? You are becoming sons and daughters. You are taken from an old nature to a new nature, a royal priesthood. Come on, under the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, and it's God's desire to take your old nature and give you a new nature. And how many of you know that there is a way about the kingdom? Come on, somebody. So in the next several weeks, it's not my desire to step on anyone's toes or to, to really mess and meddle. Well, maybe. We'll let the scripture do that and the Holy Spirit. The desire is that we would see that with every family we enter and with every house we're brought into, that there is a way about that place. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys have ever been aware you go to visit someone at their home and you, you instantly are aware that there's a culture here in the home? Yeah, come on. And, and so sometimes that culture is, is expressed to you and there's a way about the, about the flow of the home. You know, you walk in the door and, and you understand, oh, I take my shoes off. You know, this is, this is the place that all shoes are left and I get to walk. And, and sometimes I'm reminded because I wear flip-flops a lot, like, oh, I should have brought socks or something. But, you know, they're so gracious about that. Sometimes the way of the home is that you enter in, no shoes, they stay here. And, oh, Pastor Raul, there's no running up and down the halls. 
Oh, you guys don't get told that? But, you know, there, there's a way, there's like a household. Sometimes you enter into the culture of the home and, and you're instantly brought in and told, my house is your house. Make yourself comfortable. And, and you understand like, oh, that's so inviting. And, you know, if I get thirsty, I can just walk over somewhere and get. And then other places you, you're brought into the culture of the home and, and you sit down and you're like, what do I do next? Oh, yeah. I mean, am I the only one? Like homes have cultures. Family dynamics, an understanding of people's places and, and what's expected of him. I, I had a, uh, we, we had an opportunity to go visit some, some, some friends the other night, and it was a blessing to our heart. And one of the things that, that I noticed about the home and the culture of the home was just how everybody chipped in and got involved. Now, now I can't tell you if that was a prearranged thing, like, hey, this is what's happening today. All of you do your part and do it this way. But what I do know from observation is it looked really beautiful to me. Beautiful. The culture looked like really beautiful. People were doing things and it inspired. And I was thinking, wow, so amazing. I should get up and do my own dishes, but I didn't. But, but so, so, you know, like every place has, and there's, there's the idea, a life transformed brought into a family, adopted as sons and daughters. What does it mean to be a son and a daughter? There are expectations of the way. And that phrase, it is the way, or there is a way, was here thousands of years before a modern popular Disney show, It Is The Way. This idea that there's a culture and a way to move in the kingdom of God is nothing new to us. It's, it's written in scripture. God's desire in, in design is that you would not stay the same way that you are. And so I want to jump into Philippians 1 verse 6. And I want to talk about how Jesus transforms those he saves. A life transformed. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. It says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ for this will bring much glory and praise to God. This is, this is the opening chapter of the letter to the church in Philippi. This was the apostle Paul's heart to the Christians who were there. Hey, I'm writing you this letter, how much I love you and how much, how much joy you bring to me when I think about you. However, keep first things first. I pray that you will overflow more and more with love. And that you will keep on growing knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. 
you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Why is this so important, this thought? Well, I want to read you a little story. I want to read you a little story, and then we'll, we'll pull, out, pull out of it what we need here. So this is a story from one of Max Licato's books of a lady who had a small house on the seashore of Ireland at the turn of the century. She was quite wealthy, but also quite frugal. The people were surprised then when she decided to be amongst the first to have electricity in her home. Several weeks after the installation, a meter reader appeared at her door. He asked if her electricity was working well, and she assured him it was. I'm wondering if you can explain something to me, he said. Your meter shows scarcely any usage. Are you using your power? Certainly, she answered. Each evening when the sun sets, I turn on my lights just long enough to light my candles, then I turn them off. <laughs> she had all power available to her, but only used it in a, such a small amount that she was not getting everything intended for her with that installation, with what was available to her. And I submit to you when we were thinking about, and, and, and I was thinking about it, we were talking about it, got some ideas and, and, and journeying about what it means to, to have and, and be renewed and having a transformed life. I submit to you, the longer I walk with Christ, sometimes I encounter in my own life and in others the reality that I am not using the full power available to me. Am I the only one? Come on, somebody. Like, if we're being truthful with ourselves, like, we, we are able to tap into it in moments of crisis or need, but the truth is, is that the, the power of Jesus and the work on the cross is available to us 24-7. And we need to be a people who are regularly tapping into that day by day, over and over. And the reality is, is that God is still on the move today. And so here, I want to do something. We've, we've just had uh, a group of ladies go to the Bloom Conference uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, we've also had a group of men come back from Men's Summit yesterday evening. And, uh, and the Lord really did some things in their lives. And I want to invite um, the ladies who are prepared to share this service to come on up and uh, right now and don't hesitate. Come on, it's time. And um, come on up. Welcome, welcome. And so we, we have asked them to share just some things that the Lord has spoken to them or done. And, um, and ladies, I just want to remind you, we have like three minutes for each of you, all right? So stick to the script. That would help. And, uh, and just and share what the Lord has revealed to you. I want to remind you it was powerful first service, powerful, and do that again in three minutes. <laughs> we'll try. Um, so for the Bloom Conference, I was actually in a season of waiting. I had prayers. Um, I had a lot of questions that were just kind of lingering, and I was just waiting for answers. I was getting impatient, <laughs> and I kind of felt like I... Um, I just, I just needed a confirmation. So for some reason, I just felt a little forgotten, kind of, you know, I kind of fell off God's radar. That's kind of the feeling that I had. Um, and so I, 
I, when I went to the conference, I didn't have really an expectation. As soon as I jumped into the car in the vehicle where I was uh, traveling with Brandy and two other ladies that I had, I didn't know anything about them. I automatically just felt God's love. It was incredible. Um, but then um, day one, I, we got there. The people that were greeting us were so loving from the moment that we walked in there. Um, Every, the environment was so welcoming, Amen. and during the day one, the afternoon service that we had, um, the word was really encouraging. I didn't feel like it was like confirming what I wanted, which sometimes that happens, um, but still I took it, I felt encouraged, and then after dinner, the second service that we had, the speaker, um, her name is Jerusha, she was speaking about how some dreams become lost and forgotten, and then in between all of that, there was a verse spoken, and as soon as that verse was spoken, I just felt an encounter with God. And so I'd like to read the verse. So it's in ooh, Philippians 4. And so it says, if I can get this to work, technology. So, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so... I was sitting in my seat. I was expecting to be up in the altar being prayed over, but God just met me in my seat in that moment as the word was being spoken. And Amen. so it was a wonderful encounter. Amen. Good job. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Come on right here. Yeah, thanks. Are you ready? You did a good job. Three minutes. There you go. Hi, I'm Bella, and I've been coming here for 13 years. Amen. Um, those of you who know me know I can talk a ton, so I was probably one of those people that was like, okay, cut it short now. So, to start off, I was going, and I was really excited to go to this women's conference, and I went with my mom and a couple of ladies who I adore now, because I know them, and I'm just so excited. And after, so after Jerusha spoke, it was, I wanted to get a prophetic word from her because I was a little lost and I wanted to know what to do with my life. I wanted an answer to my future a little bit, you can say. So I went down the aisle to go to her and I like stopped halfway and I was like, wow, I'm going to go down there. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? This is crazy. What are you? <laughs> and then there's this little voice and it said, come on, you can do it. Keep going. One foot in front of the other. So I went down there and I just wait on the steps because Jerusha was talking to someone else and I was going to wait my turn. And this lady came up to me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm waiting my turn. And she's like, well, what do you want? And I was like, a prophetic word. <laughs> and so she's like, well, do you mind if I do it for you? And I was like, sure. And she got a witness to come to hear her part in it from God. And she, her name was Shallon, which I didn't know at the time. But she was the leader of that church's prophetic people. So God blessed me. <laughs> and I didn't know it. 
but basically what she said was, I was going to be a mother to many, <laughs> and God was going to plant a mother's heart into me, and my children were not going to be natural children. Like, I was going to have some children of my own, probably, in the future, <laughs> but these children were going to be from all different races. They were going to be boys and girls, and I would love them, and they would love me. They would see me as their mother, and they'd be drawn to me, and I would have a connection with them. I loved that so much because those of you who do know me know that I love kids. <laughs> kids are great. <laughs> and um, the older experience and more experience that I got in my mother's heart, I would um, reach out to men and women as well and guide them through God to see what their direction would be like an arrow. And Amen. she said that I would give the take the tools from god and i would give it to them so that they can shoot their arrow out into the world and um then i had some more prayer from his thankfulness and to make it more clear to me and um thanking him that he makes things clear amen okay i'm gonna wrap it up thank you, thank you. so my name is sarah tinney um, I wrote mine down because I'm weak at speaking. Um, so I was not only able to chauffeur four of the 32 women from Grace who went to the Bloom Conference, I was also entrusted to lead our group. You got it's not this. easier. You got second time. Yeah. <laughs> now for some of you that don't know me or my story, Two and a half years ago, I was, I was not pursuing the Lord. I was lost in drug and alcohol addiction. I didn't have reliable transportation. I didn't even have a driver's license. And I was by far not somebody you could look at as a leader. But here I am, thanks to the glory and grace of God. Clean, sober, licensed, insured, and leading a small group to an out-of-town women's conference in my beautiful new venue. So I was expecting um, an amazing encounter with the Lord. There was hundreds of women gathering together to um, worship and praise God, inspire each other, and what power, what's not powerful about that, right? Amen, amen. Part of my preparation for this conference is my battle with the enemy, who's in my ear telling me that I shouldn't go, that all the other women are going to be bright, beautiful, bubbly, happy, confident women with their lives together, that I'm different and I won't fit in. A lie I've struggled with since I was a little girl with dark brown hair, brown eyes, growing up with siblings, mother and stepfather that were all blonde-haired, um, blue-green-eyed people. Um, so that lie died the minute I walked into this conference. Amen. I was Amen. greeted with smiles and happy faces. Alyssa was actually the first lady from Grace that I seen that welcomed me with a smiling hug, which in that moment meant so much. Amen. Then I believe it was one of the first speakers that talked about how we, as women, need to stop comparing ourselves with other women. 
Amen. That instead of allowing those thoughts to to just go through our minds about how pretty she is, how her hair is always you know, perfect, her makeup's always perfect, uh, her clothes are always super cute, all those thoughts that run through our mind, instead of allowing them to just sit in our mind and cause us to feel jealous or less than, we need to be speaking those out and over her. Amen. Amen. That really hit deep for me. It was something that I could use and apply to my daily life that would help me overcome my struggle of not fitting in that I've struggled with my whole life. My goal and challenge for everyone is to start letting out compliments wherever you go. Try to think of one nice thing to say in passing to others. Can you imagine if each one of us were to go out and give compliments, how much it would empower and strengthen the body of Christ? Amen. So many times we have a, okay. We have a God placed a beauty inside of us that needs to be poured out onto others. So many times throughout the Bible, women are recognized for their beauty, their humble hearts, their nurturing love, unfailing faithfulness. God adores and delights in us so much. Amen. I read in a book one time recently um, how we, how women are God's finishing touch on creation that wrapped everything together and perfected it. Wow, right? There was a point in the conference that I stood back and I looked around the room as close to 500 women stood together in worship with their arms reaching up to God with smiles, tears, and a beauty that I was in complete awe about. I seen right then just how powerful and inspired, encouraged, faithful, and joyous, God-loving, spiritful women can be. I envisioned each lady going into the world and spreading that same love and joy. I could feel the Lord working so intimately with each and every one of the hearts of every woman there. Amen. And in that moment, I, was, I, I became more aware of just how powerful God is, Amen. how God can speak to each one of us and have such a close and intimate relationship. And it doesn't take anything away from any one of us. Amen. He's that powerful. Amen. I'm so grateful I was able to attend the Bloom Conference. I look forward to going again next year with a lot more ladies. Amen. My heart and spirit have remained full ever since. Thank you. Amen. Good job. Good job. <laughs> How many of you know we need, we need to listen to people's stories more often? The power of the spoken word and the reminder that God today is still on the move. Amen. Would you put your hands together again for these ladies that shared? Come on, they did such a great job in sharing their hearts. It's really important that we don't forget that God is still on the move today, that there are people around us, both in our church and out of the church, that desperately need an encounter with Jesus. And oftentimes, he's going to use you. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I want to remind you that, that this all starts at salvation. That therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is a verse that should, that should remind us that, wait a minute... I can no longer slip back into the old patterns and ways. Today is a new day. Amen? 
Come on, Scripture is all about teaching us and showing us and, and walking us through that, that no longer can we do the old thing, that Jesus has brought a new thing. Amen? Amen. That, <clears throat> that we be reminded in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, this is the Apostle Paul, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? This is a call to righteous living from the Apostle Paul. This, this is a direct um, confrontation of the old ways of living, the old ways of thinking, the old ways of feeling, and coming into alignment with the new ways that Jesus would have for us. Amen? Amen. There is a way. Everybody say, there is a way. There is a way. Amen. And we're going to get into that in the coming weeks. And so I want to take a moment now, and I want the men who have been asked to share Come on up, this service. Don't make me call you by name. Come on. Maybe I don't remember. Come on. Come on. You got this. Come on. Come on. Right here. Come on. Yeah. Come closer. Come closer. Right here. Here. Come on. All right. Wow. Come on. We, these guys arrived last night and then are here this morning and uh, ready to share. And so... Same thing to you guys. We got three minutes, each of you. Tell what God has done and then um, introduce yourself, okay? Many people probably don't know you. I'll start with you. All right, so my name is Richard Polk. Um, Come on. I've been coming to Grace Harvest here for about oh, a little over three years. Uh, we've been members for close to three years. I was baptized in this pool here just a little over three years ago. Amen. Um, I shared a lot of my testimony with a lot of guys, a lot of guys that I have seen at church a lot of times. I see them every Sunday, say hi to some of them, not at some of them, but I got to know some of these guys really well over the weekend, and I got to share my testimony with them. I got to hear their testimonies, which was really inspiring. Um, those that don't, maybe don't know my testimony, I struggled with um, alcohol and drugs uh, mostly my entire life. I, um, alcohol destroyed and crushed my family long before I ever took a sip of alcohol. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. Um, and about six years ago, almost seven years ago now, I, I stopped drinking. God took that from me. Uh, I didn't even really have to ask him. He took that from me. Seven, uh, almost seven years ago, and I haven't had a drop of alcohol since. Um, after I stopped drinking, I, I still continued smoking marijuana, though. Um, marijuana was like this, oh, it's not as bad as alcohol thing, right? And it, um, marijuana had a control over me. I smoked weed every single day from the time I was 17 years old till I was 37 years old. And I got baptized, like I said, baptized in this pool of April of uh, 2019, I think it was. And about two weeks later, after I got baptized, I was still smoking weed. And I went outside. I was at work. I smoked all day, every day from the time I woke up, went to work, on my drive to work, at work, on break, outside. Uh, anyways, I went outside to work and, and smoked some weed and came back in. And I just felt really down and really bad and really sad about it. And a voice came to the side of my ear, 
And it wasn't my conscience. It was a voice telling me, Richard, why are you still doing this? You've been telling yourself you've been going to quit this. You've lost jobs over this. You've hurt yourself over this. Why are you still doing this? It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Amen. And, you know, I threw that right in the trash right then and there, right at work, and I haven't smoked since. Amen. been over three years. Amen. I haven't touched Amen. it. Amen. Um, Amen. So, you know, right? Like, I go to church every Sunday. I'm sober. I got it all figured out, right? Life's great. Um, my kids love me. My family loves me. I go to this youth conference, or not youth conference, men's conference, excuse me, and um, got some things stirred up inside me that, you know, there's some unresolved things in my life. I have uh, one of the main things we talked about there at the conference was father, father wounds. Mm -hmm. So many of us probably in this room have father wounds. Mm -hmm. Maybe our fathers were abusive. Maybe they were alcoholics. Maybe they, you know, beat our moms or, you know, or maybe we had good dads that had good jobs, but you weren't able to live up to your dad. Your dad, you never got your dad's approval. You know, one way or another, most of us have father wounds, and that got stirred up in me. That's the reasons why I was abusing drugs and abusing mm -hmm. alcohol. I had that pain inside me, and I still have it inside me. That wound is still open inside of me. And just ignoring it and, and pretending it wasn't there and not talking mm -hmm. about it isn't going to heal that wound. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to heal that wound is... Having, you know, other men in my life to look up to, um, the leaders in the church to look up to, the pastors, Pastor Raul and Noah and Drew and Pastor Doug and also some of the guys that I fellowshiped with Amen. at the conference um, made me realize. Um, so I'm out of time already. I, I really thought that I was going to get up here and not have anything to say and now it's time. So, um, so can I just say a couple more things? Uh, some of the things I learned was... Um, things that I learned was about leadership. Um, part of leadership, being a mature leader, is not only knowing how to lead, but when to be led. Mm. And how to be led, being led by the pastors here. So I'm a leader to my wife and my kids, but I'm also Amen. realizing how to be led by the elders here at church. Amen. And also, the um, last thing I'll say is that in the days of Noah, God cleansed the earth with a flood. He cleansed the earth with a, with the flood and with water. When Jesus comes back, he's going to cleanse this earth with fire. And I have that fire inside me now after fellowshipping with these guys and after going to this conference. I have the, power, the fire of God inside me, and I feel that, and I would love to, to spread that and to share that with anyone who would like Amen. to share that with me, all these young men in here, Amen. young, old, whoever. So Good word. Good I'm word. here for you guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. So I'm uh, Jeremiah, and uh, many of you don't know me, many of you do. Um, I, uh, we've been coming here for since February, I believe, yeah. Um, and it's, wow, it's been a, it's been a ride. <laughs> um, so when I was going up to the uh, men's retreat, I did not expect half the things that happened I was like, I'm going to go up there, and it's going to be awesome. And then I got up there, and God was like, are you ready? Right? And then, and then I remember, I remember uh, 
Jacob showed up and he goes, are you ready to get rocked, bro? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I wasn't even close to being ready. <laughs> I was like, wow. So there was so much that happened, but the one, the, the, the thing that got me the hardest, I, I, I was like, when Dominic asked me to speak, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And then on the way back, and then I, I, I heard God go, hmm, no, this is what you're going to say. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so on the way back, uh, well, first off, when I left, I was getting ready to get into the car. And then uh, there was a speaker there, Travis. I can't remember his last name. But um, I was getting ready to get in the car. And then I looked up, and I heard, I heard God tell me, go talk to him. And so I was like, okay. So I went over, and I spoke with him. And I gave a little testimony uh, in, the, in the morning. And... Um, about a couple years ago, I was in, I was in uh, paganism and everything, and we were talking about that. And he told me, he was like, wait, you're the one that, that spoke this morning, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I have something for you. I've been holding on to this for a long time. I didn't know who to give it to. And, but he was like, God told me that this is for you. And I was like, okay. And he ran off, and he came back. So I'm going to show you this, and then I'm going to explain it. So he brought this back. And when, when he, he brought it back, he was like, I just really felt like God wants you to have this. And so I was like, okay. I was like, thank you. Yeah, I was really excited. I wasn't like, okay. I was, yeah, I was, I, was very, I was very thankful. And on the way back, that was that, uh, my son Corey and uh, Gabriel was, was with me. And on the way back, they were, they were sleeping. And so I, was, I had the worship music on, and I was just talking to God and everything. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I broke down. I broke down. <laughs> I, uh, oh, man, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah. Each piece, I heard God tell me, each piece of this picture is something that happened in your life. And I never left you. And I was right on top of it. Oh, I broke down so hard. I wanted to pull over. And I heard, I heard God tell me, like, just go, man. So, but, yeah, that's, my, that's, that's what happened to me. Good word, Josh. Thank you for Come on, man. Well, my name's Adam St. Mary. You all might know me as the crazy bass player that likes to jump around. Right? Um, I'm going to tell you a story and a testimony of the goodness and the raw power of God, right? Um, Pastor Raul, thanks for having us up here because um, it's important in, in the church to share your testimony. The Bible says that we overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And it's vital that we hear these stories, right? In order for me to share what happened this weekend, I've got to give you a little bit of context, right? So um, go back with me 15 years ago. And I'm standing in a, a place very similar to this, right, size-wise. And I'm standing in the back corner. And this place is full of chairs. Every possible place that there can be a chair, there is one. And there's somebody in it. And the foyer is completely full of people. And they're all there for one purpose and one purpose only. To honor a woman's life. A woman of God who devoted her life to make sure... That every time you left her presence, she said, remember to live for Jesus. 
right? And as I, and I, as I engaged in that um, environment, I started to hear stories of who this, this lady was, right? And what I started to realize is a lot of these people actually met her once or never. But they were connected to her through her kids. They were connected to her through her kids' friends. They were connected to her through her grandkids. And, and I got to hear these stories. And in the back of my mind, I was, I was saying, yeah, but you don't know what it's like to wake up at 5.30 on Saturday morning when she's making a pie. Because it was my grandmother. Right? And God, the, the scripture that talks about that he will give you the desires of your heart, like he started to really deeply implant deep inside me a desire to have as many people at my funeral as possible, right? In order to do that, you have to impact lives, right? You have to impact them at a deep level that they'd be willing to show up, right? And, and so I've lived with that desire for 15 years. So then this weekend's coming up, and I have a friend that's like, hey, you're going to this. Okay, great, cool, right? I'm, I'm new to the church. I, I need to get connected. I understand how, how important community is to the believer. And I was like, all right, I'm going. And I made that decision. And then a week would go by, hey, did you register? No. Why not? Um, because of excuses, right? I mean, and, hey, did you register? No. Did you register? No. And um, <clears throat> so finally I get to uh, a point where it's like, hey, this is like coming up real soon. If I don't get registered, I'm not going. And uh, I'm going down the road, and I said, hey, Crystal, here's my card and, and my phone. Can you get me registered, right? So she goes online and registers me. Um, so we, we, get to, we get to this place, and there's awards that they're giving out. Right, they're giving out an award for um, a, the, the the man that sh- displayed most um, servant's heart during that week. Uh, they gave out an award for the most glorious beard, and just so you know, it, it lives in this house. <laughs> right, they they gave out an award um, for the best poker player. <laughs> they gave out an award for people who could play cornhole. But there was another award given out that none of you know about. None of the men that went know about, and it was award of unpreparedness, and I won it. <laughs> because at 10.30, I find out that the guy I'm going with is like, hey, man, something came up. I'm not going. And I, I haven't even registered. I haven't looked at any of the pre-emails. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get there. I haven't even packed, y'all. <laughs> right? Like, it's 10.30. We got to get out of here soon. So I hurry up and get things going. I make a phone call. I find some people to connect with. And I show up, and we, we pull in, and I realize, oh, we're going to a camp. Uh, I, I don't have a pillow. I don't have a sleeping bag. Like, I literally was unprepared, and it was the most amazing thing that God could do for me. Who's walked with God for more than 10 years? Right? As, as a, the first service, I started to realize, man, I'm coming up on, like, 30 years. And there's something that is, is really awesome about growing up in the church. And um, the thing is, is that one of the hardest things that, that we have um, sometimes growing up in the church is great blessings, but one of the hardest things is I know how to do religion really well. I know how to pray so that my heart and my conscience feels great, but I'm not moved, right? And God put me in a place where I was unprepared, and I couldn't, I, I, I was just had to be, right? And God began to speak and to move in my life, right? And as, as, as I was sitting in the back, I had the same picture as I did 15 years ago of a place filled with people, right, and that desire to impact lives, came again. And he began to speak to my heart and say, Adam, you're going to be a father of many. But it's not the way that you think it's going to be. Right? You're going to impact men's life. But it's not the way you think it's going to be. And as we went through the weekend, I started to realize, hey, how do you impact people's lives the most? Right? When you go through a fight with someone, you come out different. 
And, I, and God is showing me that I will be a fighter of men of God. When your hands get tired and you can't lift them anymore in prayer because you're exhausted, I'm going to be the man that comes alongside of you and prays with you and fights with you, right? And through that, he began to show me that the only other way that I can impact people's lives is I've got to get them to another funeral. And it's called the cross of Jesus Christ. And as you get to the cross, you've got to find a way to get to the cross. You've got to find a way. Take a step towards Jesus. And one thing I can tell you is it's always, always worth it. And for seven years, I've like slowly, like, hey, tried to move towards God, but miss these landmines that are out there, right? And that's one way to walk towards him. And it's good, and there's blessings in that. And there's another way to walk, like we do when we go to Walmart, and we're just meandering around, not sure what we want, right? But we're moving, and we're moving towards God. But there's another way to walk, and it's called marching. And it's called taking ground. And it's called, I'm going to move with purpose to what God has called me to do. So I challenge you, the ones that have been walking with God for more than 10 years, that know how to do this thing, get yourself to the cross. Get yourself emptied at the cross. Because when you're there bare before him, the blood of redemption can come. It will drip on your soul. And it will go into the deep places of you. And it will change you. And you'll never be the same. And you look up and there's a father with open arms that wants to hold you. He's inviting you in. And from this day forward, I'll be known as a man that pursues God. Come pursue him with me. Some of you are preachers in the house. Come on. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open and vulnerable. Uh, we need to hear more of that from people. So much for my three-minute counter. But God is bigger. He is good. And he knows what you needed to hear. So I'm going to trust in that. Amen. So I'm going to leave you with one thought as we're thinking about the idea of a transformed life. When we come into the kingdom of God, there's a new life that awaits us. And I particularly appreciate almost everyone and, and Adam as he closed the idea that, that at the cross and the message of the gospel is where we need to first start, Right? And it's a reminder. And we're going to walk through this journey for several weeks. But I want, to, I want to encourage you guys to think like this. When is the last time I just gave myself to the message of the gospel, no matter how long I've walked with him, and said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to permeate every recess of my thinking my feelings, my heart. I need you to come into those places, especially if you've walked with Jesus for any length of time. Some of those places can get dull, grow hard of hearing, rigid, hardened. And I believe it's the heart of God to continue to transform. Several times in the scripture, his promise is, I'm going to take that heart of stone and I'm going to give you a new heart, one that's soft, it's flesh. You'll be able to feel again. I'm going to replace it so that you can know me and understand my ways. And I want to encourage you as we journey in the next several weeks, we're going to read some scripture. 
And we're going to talk about some of the ways of the kingdom versus the ways of the world. I want to encourage you to be open. If the scripture steps on your toes and the Holy Spirit draws you, let him. Might be an area that will save your life.